And I thank the Lord for it. I know it's ministered to my life. I also want to thank you all for praying, those that were aware of and prayed for. Uh, today I had the opportunity to preach for the high school chapel, whole high school, 9th through 12th grade, all the faculty that came. And I'm just very thankful. I appreciate your prayers and praying for us. And uh, I just thought it was a wonderful opportunity to get to, to minister to all those minister in Jesus' name to all those kids. i also tell you this, you know, I do the Bible study every Wednesday, and the crowd's kind of up and down, but usually there's a few freshmen that come, and today nobody came, and I was kind of getting a little discouraged because last week, you know, nobody came. I don't know if they knew it was started back after the holidays, but anyway, um, finally this one kid comes in, and, and I kept waiting for more, and nobody came, and I finally realized nobody else is coming, he said some others were taking makeup tests and that kind of thing. But that, the, the point is this, when I was getting maybe uh, a little bit discouraged and then all of a sudden we're talking about LSU football and how's baseball practice going and kind of waiting for some other kids and finally he says, can I ask you a spiritual question? And I'm like, thank you, Lord, you know. And he says, you know, I pray for, I've prayed before for salvation and he shows me how he prays. He Praise the prayer right there. This is what I pray for salvation, but I never feel anything differently. And so the Lord just gave me words to minister to him about the Bible and how it's a, it's a walk of faith. And do you really believe this in your heart if we confess? And so I got to lead him in the prayer again for salvation. And so I said, well, do, you, do you read your Bible? He says, no. I said, well, you got to because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And he's like, well, where do I start? And he was real excited, very thankful. This really uh, nice uh, young little kid. He moved here from California. And uh, anyway, got to, so the Lord had it that way because there were not, that conversation would not have come up had everybody been in there. We'd have just gone on with the Bible study. So the Lord knew what he was doing. And I was very thankful, and you know, nothing else this whole year, that would be worth it. You know what I mean? It really would be. And so I want to thank God for that. He's so faithful. Okay, y'all, when we talked last week, we kind of broke down the tabernacle. If you remember, the, when the Lord said, see that you do it all according to the pattern that was shown to you in the mountain. Remember? So we talked about the pattern being more of a picture, not, not a set of blueprints prints where you read the details out, uh, but a picture. And Moses did it according to the pattern. We kind of broke down some of the, the spiritual teachings from that, you know, from the, from the tabernacle itself and the altar and, and so forth. But tonight we're going to talk, we're still on the, on the tabernacle, but I want us to talk and we're going to look at some applications, I guess, from this whole process. That what, what can we glean from it spiritually? Because the, the whole tabernacle system. That whole tabernacle it later went into the, to the temple, right? We know there was a tabernacle for all those years. In Solomon's day, they built the, built the temple. A lot of similarities between the two and the sacrifices and the priesthood and everything. But all of that has passed away. It's all passed away in the sense that it was completed. It served its purpose. We're going to do a series. I know I'll keep talking about it real soon. The Lord's already given me the first message on it. We're going to do a series on the law. And it might sound boring, but it's not at all boring. It's very exciting. We're going to look at the law, what it's for, what it's not for, yes. uh, what its purpose was, and so forth, and how it was fulfilled in Christ. It's not at all uh, boring. It's not just going through Old Testament books and reading things that aren't, you know, aren't pertinent to us. It's, it's God's Word. And it's, it's a wonderful picture. But, but the, the, 
tabernacle worship all painted a picture. Remember, it was all uh, typifying or foreshadowing very specific details about Jesus Christ. Every every part of it, the, the candlestick, well, Jesus is the light of the world, right? It wasn't the light from the sun or moon coming in the window. It was the light from this candlestick. Jesus in the midst of the candlestick in Revelation. And He says, I'm the light of the world. Uh, the, the mercy seat, the, the, what was stored in the Ark of the Covenant was uh, the, the Ten Commandments and later, you know, and then the, uh, the bread, some of the manna and so forth. And He's the bread of life. And you could just go on and on. The altar where Christ was sacrificed for us, that brazen altar, right? And, and we could go on and on with that. What are we to, to glean from it specifically? How does that affect our lives? Don't ever let this stuff just be boring to you. And, and we live in a day and age where people don't, most, a lot of people don't even like the Old Testament. They, they ignore it as though, it's, as though it's, to them it's not even part of the Bible. It's not even part of God's Word for us. And that's a shame because about three-fourths of the Bible is the Old Testament. And the Old Testament is the New Testament concealed. The New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. And it's all God's Word. So I want just to start off in Hebrews. I know that the, when you walked in tonight, the Scripture that was up and that, that Alberto read was from Hebrews chapter 10. We're going to read and starting in chapter uh, 8. Just a couple of verses and kind of skip around. Look at Hebrews 8, 1 and 2. Now of the things which we have spoken, this is the psalm. We have such a high priest who is set on the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens, a minister of the sanctuary of the true tabernacle, which the Lord pitched and not man. So this is speaking about Christ, His whole ministry, His life, even His very body. Uh, everything that the Lord did. It wasn't the one that was typified. and It wasn't the one that was actual in the Old Testament. It was the one that that, that one pictured and foreshadowed, which was Christ. Skip down to verse 5. We're just going to read the beginning of that verse. Who serve unto the example and shadow of heavenly things. Okay, so those, those Old Testament priests and the gifts that were offered, it talks about in verse 4, that whole form of worship served as examples and shadow of the heavenly things. All right? And Christ fulfilled it all. A couple of more verses. Uh, chapter 9, Hebrews chapter 9. Read verses 8 and 9 with me if you would. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all was not yet. This is the time of Moses. Okay? The way into the holiest of all was not yet made manifest or clear which as the first ta- while the, as the first tabernacle was yet standing. Remember, it's only the high priest that could go in, and you know, next year it would be a different high priest, and that was only once a year, and not without blood, first for his own sins, then the sins of the people. Doesn't mean people didn't have couldn't have a close walk with God. It's simply saying this particular fellowship and particular relationship with God that we have through Jesus our body being His temple and the new birth and so forth. That is new. There are people saved. They're in heaven today from the Old Testament. But this was something different. And while, while which was a figure, the first tabernacle, verse 9, which was a figure for the time then present 
in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. We're told that over and over in Hebrews. We've studied Hebrews. It's a wonderful study. But all those things that, that were offered, even though they were, when they were offered correctly, so to speak, uh, with the right attitude, the right offering, the lamb without blemish, and so forth, forth, when all of it was done perfectly and properly, God would consider and it would accept it because He's the one that required it, okay? This is what I want you to do when you sin. He accepted it as a covering or an atonement. He provided that atonement and accepted it. What it did not do is cleanse the heart and the conscience fully like the blood of Jesus did. They still had to be justified by faith. They weren't washed and cleansed like you would say inwardly, but God provided an atonement to, to withhold judgment from them for their sins. He did forgive them. But, but again, it never it says to, over and over in the Bible that those gifts that were offered could never, and sacrifices could not make. It, it's not that it didn't, or God didn't want you know anything like it's, it's that it could not. It was not, it didn't have that power. God provided that through Jesus. Now, people that lived in the Old Testament could trust in a coming Messiah, and they did. They trusted in the Lord before the Lord ever came. They lived and died before He came. But in their hearts, they knew the Word of God and the prophecies, and they trusted in the righteousness of the righteous One who was coming. So, having said that, um, I want us to, to just go for a little while tonight and talk about some of these things from, uh, from the pattern of the tabernacle. Now, we are not called... To, to go back into that old system. It's not for us to ridicule it or anything like that. I say all the time, it's, it's just served its purpose. And because it served its purpose, it is now, has now fallen into disuse. It's just not used anymore by the Lord. Uh, and somebody said it, it would be like in a full bright sunshiny day to, to light a candle for light. Well, we don't need that anymore. We needed the candle while it was dark. When the lights were out and it was nighttime and our power was out, you know, and we're walking around bumping into things, we needed the light. But now that the full daylight's broken and we're walking in the sunshine, that's fallen into disuse. It would be kind of foolish to see people huddled around a little candle when the sun's shining bright. So just kind of picture it that way. It did serve its purpose and it has a purpose. But it all foreshadowed the coming of the Lord. So we don't, we don't uh, have anything in us that wants to go back to that. So if anybody says, oh, you're trying to, if we're studying the Old Testament, and they say, you're trying to put me back under the law. Nobody's trying to put anybody back under any law other than the perfect law of liberty that we have in Jesus Christ. Amen? The law that He's written in our hearts. But we need to study these things. We need to under, understand uh, these things what God gave us and gave these Old Testament saints and how it's fulfilled in Christ. It'll certainly make us appreciate our Savior and what we have in Jesus that much more. Okay? Let's look at another Scripture real quickly. Uh, Romans chapter 16, 25 and 26. The very end of Romans. Romans 16, 25 and 26. Now to him that is of power to establish you according to my gospel and to the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery, which was kept secret since the world began. 
but is now made manifest and by the Scriptures of the prophets according to the commandment of the everlasting God made known to all nations for the obedience of the faith. He does talk about the Gospel was something that was kept secret. And, and it, but it was now made manifest, he says, and by the Scriptures of the prophets. So it was the Old Testament prophets and Scriptures that, that brought it to light and, and introduced Jesus Christ to the world. And anyway, it was all, it was everything that was foreshadowed came into full view in the person of Jesus Christ. It really is an amazing thing. Every little thing you couldn't quite understand, and one prophet may get one little snapshot, and the next prophet, Ezekiel, might get another snapshot, and Isaiah sees this about him born of a virgin, and different prophets seeing different things. But when Christ came and did everything he did, including his atoning work on the cross, and John the Baptist is saying, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. And, and he says, I'm the bread of heaven. All of it starts coming to, to want to a head. Perfectly fulfilled. There's not a second Christ that's coming. There's not another tabernacle and then you know some other kind of thing that has to be done. We don't stack the Book of Mormons and the Pearl of Great Price on top of a finished gospel. It's finished. Okay? It was finished in Christ. All those things foreshadowed him. And so we're going to talk about this. When a, when a child in a natural sense is born into the world, uh, within that natural body, the DNA, if you want to call it that, that within that child is everything programmed in. It's just a little six pound, eight ounce baby, right? 26 inches long, whatever. And uh, it's going to, but everything for that full adult life is in there, right? And so it's kind of like with, with the tabernacle. There was, it, was, it was like a picture. Everything was in there. When Christ came, that would have been like the, the full-grown, mature adult. And one of the things that we can kind of learn from this, when the Lord saves us, for example, there, he, he has in His mind, the mind of the Lord, this infinite Alpha and Omega who sees a million years from now, He certainly sees the end of each of our lives and knows the, the, you know, every day every second of every day of our lives that we don't know. He has in His thought the day that we said I do to the Lord, He had in His thought almost like the ideal, the perfect, what that life could be. What He's intended for us to be in Christ. And then there's also this, this other life, so to speak, that where we miss the mark and we're falling short of what we could be. Not falling short of heaven, Falling short of the ideal, the model, okay, that, that is possible for us in the Lord. And it would be uh, perfect, actually, if we could walk by faith and really realize what God had for us day to day, fully for this day. What did God have me for me fully for this day and for this week and for this year and stringing my whole life together? Saying that from the day he saved me to the day he called me home, I was I was fulfilling that ideal plan for my life. Wouldn't that really be something? I don't know that any human being has ever fully done that, but I think if you just take one day at a time, by the time we get to the end, we'll be where we should be. If we yield to God and walk with God today, 
I was like I said, lay your head in the pillow tonight. Go to sleep. Wake up tomorrow. Trust in Jesus. Set the Lord before you like David did and live with, with Him for God that day. I think by the end, those little, little daily steps and bricks in the walls, so to speak, are building up and we're fulfilling that, that picture that the Lord intended always for our lives. Kind of like with the tabernacle. The tabernacle and priestly worship being fulfilled in Jesus. And I think that a lot of us uh, often choose our own way, even as Christians, for part of the time, right? We choose our own path for part of the day, part of the week, a season in my life. I remember a season in my life at LSU, my last year at high school and, and through LSU where I was a believer and chose my own way. I was not at all fulfilling God's ideal picture for my life, at least at that time. God has a way maybe of catching me up, catching us up, you know, when we do surrender to Him. But still, a lot of us choose our own way and we don't follow the pattern. And what was wonderful, one of the things about Moses is that he, he did it in, in perfect obedience and detail of what the Lord called him to do. He didn't say, you know, I think, I think I'd like, uh, I would like uh, light green instead of scarlet. I think we're going to do this a different color. He, he did it like he saw the pattern in the mount because every detail spoke of Christ. He might not have fully realized it. Whatever, little, whatever amount of revelation he had, he, he trusted the Lord and all of that was, was to typify his son. It wasn't just for the pleasure of men and so forth. Anyway, we, our question should be every day when we wake up, not what's going to advance me in this life, not what's going to make me more popular, things like that, or just what do I want. It's kind of what I like to talk to the kids today, part for you a little bit. What, we, what our question ought to be is what fulfills God's ideal plan in conforming me to the image of Jesus and specifically for my life, what He has for me. My Master, my Lord, my Creator, my Savior has a perfect picture in mind for my life, every second of it. And it wouldn't it be wonderful to really know that and to walk in it. I know that that's possible, okay? And to, to understand it and to walk in it. So I want to go on. The, the, when the tabernacle, and I mentioned it a, a second ago, no de- detail of the tabernacle, the altar, nothing about it, was left up to man's whim or own choosing. The, the, the shape of it, the shape of every compartment of it, the, the fence around it and how tall it was, the size of the outer court, where the altar was placed, how the labor was placed, placed between the brazen altar and the entry to the tabernacle. Everything was very detailed by the Lord. Okay, And it's same, the same for, uh, for our lives. Every, every detail God lays out. And... It's, it's for a purpose because the whole, every one of those little detailed parts of the tabernacle, if you're just kind of picturing it in your mind, uh, every part was, was an important part to the whole, wasn't it? It wouldn't have been complete without an altar of, of sacrifice. It wouldn't have been complete without a mercy seat where the Lord would come and, and above the cherubims, right? It wouldn't be complete without the law in the mercy seat. It wouldn't have been complete without the light of the world, the candlesticks, and so forth. Every part uh, was 
was important. There wasn't a trivial part or unimportant. You know, I've, I've not a mechanic by any means, but if I've ever taken apart some little something and put it back together and I got three or four little parts left over, you know, I'll probably mess something up. This, this should not be here. It came out of there and must have done something. Uh, well, the same for the, for the tabernacle and everything and all of the worship. It was, there was a purpose to it. And again, it would all typify Christ and all be fulfilled in Him. And same thing for our lives. There's nothing, there's nothing little. And if God's putting His finger, so to speak, on something in your life, uh, He convicted me about some things just this week. And there's nothing trivial. Here's what I think sometimes. Sometimes we think, for example, I want to do this big thing for God. I want to preach for God. I want to this boldness and reach a lot of people for the Lord. Over here, I think has nothing to do with this over here. Over here, I find myself, I'm really short-tempered with people. I'm a little bit arrogant. I'm making things up. I'm arrogant with people that I think I'm better than. But come on, Lord, use me over here. And God's, they're not separated. They're one and the same. It's one life. And it's to typify Christ like this tabernacle was. There's nothing unimportant until I, I need to start looking at this as important as that. And when God deals with me about that, then, then He can go on and begin to use me over here in this. There's not little trifles or, or trivial things in our life that we can just brush away and go on and serve God greatly or live for God greatly or see deep revelations from the Lord when He's trying to deal with me about humility. Or he's trying to deal with me about impatience when I'm driving. And a fool I made of myself, you know, driving because I embarrassed myself driving. You know what I'm saying? It, it, they go together. It's one life. Just like this was one tabernacle. And so, especially things, and we've noticed it in Moses' life. We talked about it months ago. Character traits are very important to God. Character traits in the heart of a person where, he, where our, the potter can actually form us and change us and bring about that humility and that servant's heart and the intercessor's heart and things that patience and faith. Those kind of things in us to the Lord are of far more value than partner Red Sea. He can partner Red Sea anytime he wants to. He spoke to a donkey when he wanted to. But to, to change the heart and life of a person and allow God by the refining fire of the Holy Ghost and so forth to work in us through repentance and calling out to God, that's different. That's of far more value. Don't blow off any of those little things in your life. They're, they're hindering you. They're hindering me from being, feeling that ideal model okay, of what Christ had in mind or has in mind when He saved us. And what He can bring about. He can do it. Okay, So don't be discouraged. Just don't minimize it. Take it very seriously because God does. All, another thing, God's plan is revealed, uh, I would say, unfolded gradually. They didn't understand everything about the tabernacle as they went. As I said later, Moses would get a deeper revelation about something and a deeper revelation that people might. And by David's day, there might have been a deeper revelation and things like that. But it's gradual. Just like doctrine. The Bible says the doctrine is 
uh, line upon line, right? Precept upon precept. Here, here a little, there a little. That's how doctrine is revealed. And God doesn't show us. So I'm going to keep, I'll keep relating this to our own lives, okay? Our own Christian life. Does God show you everything about your life in a moment? Do you know exactly what's going to happen tomorrow? Next week, next month, a year from now, by the time you graduate, if you're going to graduate, whatever, uh, how your life's going to end. Very, very, very rarely, you know, the Lord showed Peter what kind of death he was going to die, but I don't know that he knew every detail between when that was going to be or anything like that. Most people, it's a gradual revelation as we walk with the Lord. It's a daily walk. That's why the Lord, in the Lord's Prayer, the model prayer, give us this day our daily bread. We seek God today while it's called today. We don't harden our hearts through unbelief. Today, if you'll hear the voice of the Holy Ghost, right? And so, as we walk in what God has revealed to us, He gives us more light. I say it all the time. I believe that. I know it's true. Walk in the light that you've been given. Somebody's just saved and they're right here. They're just as saved as somebody that's been saved for 75 years. They're just as saved. Just as born again. Okay? But they're walking in this light and this more mature believer is walking in this light. It's the same light, but there's more. Okay? And if this one who just got saved will, will walk in a measure of life. What if the Lord all of a sudden shows him? You know, they didn't know anything. You prayed with them out on the street corner. And by midnight tonight, the Lord showed him, you know, your language, the way you curse, that's got to stop. That's not glorifying to me. They didn't know that. Well, this guy's been walking with the Lord for 75 years. He knew that. That was dealt with in his life long ago. I'm just making examples. And then he's going along for a week or maybe two months from now. And he says, you need to take that cancer stick out of your mouth. You know, and quit smoking. It's not honoring to me. And it's a bad witness. It's not healthy for you. You need to put that aside. I'm just saying we walk in whatever light we're given. Amen. I remember, y'all, it was, it was years. Now, I know the Scriptures, but it was years in my life before that it really, the light bulb clicked in my heart and life that I could win somebody to the Lord. And never, I never thought about it. I thought I should go to church and I accepted Jesus as my Lord and Savior and, and I would say amen to the preaching. But one day the thought hit me from the Lord you can win somebody to the Lord. You personally. Not just a preacher or something like that. You can. I had to start walking in that light. And as we walk in the light that's given to us, we're given more light. Okay? So same for the revelation of Christ. You know, coming through all the, the types and shadows and foreshadowings of all the sacrifices and finally the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Same for our lives. Most of us, God does not show everything, you know, all at once. And so, uh, and I mentioned this earlier about how Moses perfectly fulfilled it. He did what was, what was shown to him in the mountain. And he also, God provided what was needed for it. I thought this was another important thing. When, when, it, when they're living in the middle of a desert, right? But he tells them, make this out of gold. Make this out of silver, and this should be out of scarlet material, and 
linen and di- different materials and the, and the ram skins that are going to be needed and all these different things that are going to be needed and, and the skill to, to do the work. And God provided all that. So remember this in your own life. And we say it all the time, but whatever God calls you to, He will provide for. We are to say, yes, Lord. Not, I can't, and here's my 15 reasons why I can't. I don't have enough money. I don't have enough time. I don't speak well enough. I don't, and we tell Him all the reasons why we can't. My responsibility when the Lord speaks is to say, yes, Lord, and then fall upon Him and say, God, you're going to have to do it. You're going to have to provide the grace. You're going to have to provide the supernatural energy and strength. You're going to have to provide the wisdom. You're going to have to provide the finances. You're going to have to provide helpers. Whatever is needed, God's not afraid of you calling on Him to be Jehovah Jireh, our provider. It really is amazing. There's this bunch of slaves out in the wilderness and everything that they needed, including the skillful workers to, to engrave gold and all these kind of things, everything was there. Remember how when they left Egypt, the, the Egyptians laid them down with gold and silver and said, please go, please go. The whole land's being destroyed. And they left and they spoiled the Egyptians. God has, um, He'll never give you a pattern for your life and, and call you to something and not provide. The same one who calls provides. It's not two different people. Okay? And so that's wonderful to, to understand that. Everything comes from the Lord. All right, God's plan, and this goes with the gradual revelation, and this is just uh, God's plan that He reveals is, is a deeper and deeper revelation too. Again, it goes with the, the amount of light that we're walking in. God gives more light as we walk in the light that we're given. It's a deeper understanding. I'll just ask you, I'm not asking you to answer out loud, any of you, can you think of something in your spiritually in your life with the Lord, in your walk with Jesus, where you understand it? Some spiritual truth or doctrine, you knew it when you got saved or early on, but now you really know it so much deeper. There's something in your life spiritually uh, what can be availed in prayer? Maybe God's done something in your prayer life. And you already, already, already knew the Scriptures that God answers prayers, but something's done a work in your life and there's a deeper revelation of that thing. And I think those continue. They just continue all through our lives. The Bible says when we see Him, uh, we'll know Him even as we're known of Him. But we don't know Him fully like that. So He's continually given deeper uh, and deeper revelations of himself. And again, it's just, it's a wonderful thing. I just picture that. What's, what's the perfect ideal or plan that God had for my life as a believer? And am I walking in that? Because that would be a sure way to live with no regrets. You ever think about regrets? Is there anybody in here that's got a regret? Something you said or did in your life? I do. Now, things that I did before I was saved, I thank God they're washed under the blood of Jesus. But since I've been saved, I have regrets as well. Now, those can be forgiven and under the blood as well. But I would be lying if I said I had no regrets. People say that they have no regrets, but I don't think they're very 
understanding to really know because I've got things that I could have done and should have done for the Lord that I did not. Does it mean God can't use me from this day forward? No, it doesn't mean that. He can use me fully and He can use you fully. But if, if I lived in that ideal plan that the Lord had for me every day, it's a sure way to live with no regrets. To where, again, I always think about Paul. He said, I finished my course. I fought the good fight of faith. He finished what God had for him. He doesn't say I was sinless since the day I was saved. He doesn't say I never sinned against the Lord. He just finished what God had for him. I believe he did. I don't think he was being arrogant. I don't think he's being ignorant. I think the Apostle Paul finished what God had for him. And then the Lord called him home. And I just want to encourage you and encourage myself. I don't want to live with a bunch of regrets. And die with a bunch of regrets. Because we're going to keep living after we die. You know what I mean? When this earthly life is passed, we keep living. And I don't want to stand before this holy, wonderful God of love that says, boy, I had some wonderful things for you. Man, I had some incredible things I wanted to do for you and through you. And you were too busy doing this over here. I'm still going to heaven. I'm still his child. You forgive me. You know what I'm saying? But there's not a redo for that. And I don't, I don't want to, to live that way. I want to fulfill. Christ perfectly fulfilled the law. He perfectly fulfilled the righteousness demanded in the law. And the only one that did. He perfectly fulfilled the will of His Father. We say it all the time. He said, I do only the things I see my Father doing. I say only the things I hear my Father saying. I cannot not at all claim that for my life. Jesus did. And I know you can say, well, He's God. He can do that. Well, that's right. He is, but He's also enabled us to do it. If we walked by faith every moment of our lives, we would be doing it too. I wouldn't become God. He's God and I'm a child saved by God. But if I would walk by faith in the Spirit and live in the Spirit, Paul says if we live in, uh, live in the Spirit, let us walk in the Spirit. So we have a spiritual life because I'm born again. The Holy Ghost lives inside of me. And I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm baptized in the Holy Ghost. But now let us walk in the Spirit. Walk it out day to day. Walk it out when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Walk it off. I mean, walk it out uh, when the Lord's prompting you, you know, to turn around. You're already halfway out and you got your groceries or whatever loaded and you're getting to the car and you're running late. And the Lord prompts you to go back and give a track to that cashier. Walk it out. Just do it. We'll be glad that we did. Maybe they get saved, maybe they won't. But it did something in me, if nothing else, for me to obey the Lord in that thing. They're not little things. Those little things build the whole model, the whole picture, the whole life. Your whole life is put together, not from A to Z in one second. Your whole life is built little by little, little by little, Acts of obedience, acts of contrition, acts of humility before the Lord, uh, trusting in God, and He's doing it. He's doing it. He's painting a portrait. He's making a sculpture. However you want to picture it, He's building life. Like He built the pattern and it was perfectly finished in in the person of Christ. Everything about Him. Where He was born. 
you know, how he, the, the type of death that he, he died, the gra- this specific grave he was buried in. You know, everything about him was perfectly fulfilled. And it was all pictured. In, and I just really believe we're not Christ. We have, we're born of the Spirit of the Lord. And as He is, so are we in this world. We're Christ-like in the sense of being His children. And He's making us like the Lord. But certainly we can fulfill the life that God has for us. Day by day. You know, minute by minute. Day by day. And I'm just going to go on and bring this to a close tonight. As we climb, there's an example given in this book. As, as you climb a hill, he was, the author was making the point, if you've ever been climbing some hills somewhere, we don't have them around here, that's for sure, but you climb up a hill and you're able to see further. Right? So as you're walking with the Lord, things that were unclear to you right now. Right now, when you live in South Louisiana, it's flat. You know, if there's a tree, a building, whatever, that's all you can see. You can't see past anything. But if you started, if there was a big thousand foot hill out here and we could start climbing that, the more we climb, the higher we get, our, our vision and the horizon kind of stretches out, right? You see more. So think about that with your own life. All we can see right now is maybe our current troubles, our current trials. We can't seem to get past it. Maybe you've prayed for something for, the long, for a long time and haven't received it yet. And we kind of get tunnel vision and all we can see is right there. But if we just keep putting one foot in front of the other, I'm talking about spiritually. Not just getting up and living, but getting up and living with God. Okay? A lot of lost people get up and they make it through another day. I'm talking about as a child of God, getting up and, and like David said, I set the Lord always before me. Getting up and trusting God, walking in the light of His Word, being filled with the Spirit, walking in obedience to Christ, we're going we're gonna to start moving up a hill spiritually and we're going to see more. What was hidden to us before becomes manifest or clear to us as we walk. That is absolutely the truth and the way it is. Okay, And so uh, God brings us in His divine plan, so to speak, and it happens as we do. It's so important that we do. And what I mean by do is obedience. What He shows us to do. If God showed you to pray and you're not praying, you're not going to circumvent that. You're going to stay there and your usefulness to God, maybe your intimacy with God, your relationship with the Lord, your strength in the Lord, you're going to stay there until you start doing what He's told you to do. Okay? He's not going to say, well, we're just going to let that slide and go on in the second grade and we hadn't passed the first grade yet. Some people are in the first grade a long time. And we don't have to be. So, just, again, it's like taking climbing up a mountain where we, where we walk in that, we see more, the Lord reveals more. And then we begin to see the things He has prepared for us. And I'll close with this scripture from John 7, 17. And it says, If any man will do his will, Jesus said. I think it's so important. If any man will do the Father's will, it says he'll know the doctrine. And this in this sense he's talking about doctrine. But to me, I think that could be almost anything in the Lord. If any man will do what God has said, then we'll know. 
You have to do in order to know. I have to do in order for the next revelation. I have to do it. Well, I don't understand. I don't understand. I don't understand. Why does God do that? And we just stay in that. I don't understand. And because we don't understand, we don't ever obey God. If we obey God, He'll give revelation. We'll understand things. That's what Jesus is saying. If any man will do His will, then He'll know the doctrine. I don't understand how God could send someone to hell. I don't understand how and whatever. Why would God let this happen to me? I'm doing everything. You know, I'm serving the Lord and I love Jesus. If we'll do His will, we'll know. We have to walk in the light that we've been given. And then comes the revelation. Moses was not perfect, but one of the wonderful characteristics we see, and D, you can come on up, one of the wonderful characteristics and traits we see in the man's life, the Bible says that Moses did all according to the will of God. All that was shown to him in the mount. Moses did it all. It was all fulfilled. When that tabernacle was finished, it was finished the way it was finished the way God said. It was the picture that God put in Moses' mind and in his spirit and his heart. That exact picture, everything about it was fulfilled the way God wanted it. How do we know that? Because he was pleased, and the Bible says when it was finished, and they offered the sacrifices that were required, the blood sacrifices, and it was all dedicated to God, the Shekinah glory comes down and fills the place. He took that tabernacle made in man's hands, but it was done according to his way by faith and obedience, and filled it with his spirit and with his glory. And so uh, it's just so important, y'all, that we walk in that obedience. I guess if I was to sum up one thing tonight, that's what it, what it would be. Don't minimize the things that God doesn't minimize. There's a big world in Christ out there, and He wants us to walk in it. But we don't walk in it from here 50 years from now. We walk in it here in the next hour, in the next day. You understand? We walk in it little by little and we're growing. Deal with the things that God's putting His hand upon in your life. So Father, we come before You in Jesus' name. God, You just said in Your Word, if any man will do the will of the Father, that man who's walking in obedience, a little bit of light that has been given, if any man will do the will of the Father, he'll know. We'll understand doctrines of God. We'll understand deep and deeper things of God. We'll understand maybe our own circumstances or situations. And we'll understand, we'll know. We'll know Christ more. We'll know the Lord more. And God, we want to. You know, these altars are open. Let's just take a moment before the, the Lord this morning, I mean, this evening. As God would deal with you about something in your life. Maybe as I was preaching, the Lord was already speaking to you. You don't need me to invite you to an altar. The Lord's already showing you there's things in your life that uh, character flaws and traits that are not Christ-like. And our Savior and our Lord and our Potter wants to mold us into His image. And we have not taken it that seriously. And God takes it very seriously. Whatever it may be, ask God to fulfill His perfect plan in your life and be willing to obey the Lord whatever He shows you. If you already know it and you haven't done it, ask Him to forgive you and begin to do it. 
If you don't even know and understand where you're missing out, ask God to show you to reveal that as well. That He would perfectly fulfill His perfect plan of the tabernacle of God in your own life. And His Shekinah glory would fill your life and my life to that extent. Lord, we praise You and we thank You, Lord God, that these things are possible in Jesus. Thank You, Lord.